Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. It's Jacob Sundstrom. I'm here with Marcus White from FearTheFin.com. We're going to talk about some sharks, maybe some sharks, maybe some dolphins. Are they in the playoffs? Uh, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins are in the playoffs today. Wow, okay. Maybe even a little bit of Miami Dolphins. Who knows? Uh, the Sharks snapped a three-game losing streak yesterday by beating the Red Wings. Uh, they scored six goals, which is not five goals, but it is more than four goals. Uh, so uh, someone should do a wellness check on Brody Brazil to make sure he's still alive and not uh, dead in his San Francisco apartment somewhere. Uh I haven't heard from him today. I expected to hear like some kind of like a disturbance or something to like know that he was still alive. He's a very loud, exuberant man, but didn't hear anything, and I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, it was a great, great offensive performance by the Sharks against a Red Wings team that is truly abysmal. Um, it was not a very good possession game at all. It was a not a good defensive game. Uh, Martin Jones played okay. Uh, he's really it's really starting to look to me like fatigue is starting to to get to him but that's a lot of thoughts I just all squished into one little monologue thing which is terrible um starting to feel like Jay Leno out here so Marcus please say something Andy Richter Uh, save me I think you uh you nailed it Uh, I think there's some it's just thanks Andy it's nice to see them snap uh the streak you know even with the injuries I thought this was a game they could lose because uh because some guys were not uh Fully healthy, namely David Schlumko and uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, and seeing how much Detroit speed gave the Sharks problems the last time they played, I thought that would be magnified without those two in the lineup. But it wasn't, and they, you know, they played they played pretty well. You know, the usual suspects had good games. Um, Timo Meyer looked very good again on the top line. I think he was he looked very close to scoring. I think it was in the second period. Might have been the first period. Uh, he tucked it on the near post, and I, I thought it went in, but somehow the goalie kept it out. Um, third line, I, I haven't looked at the possession numbers, but I thought the third line looked really, really good together. Um, Marlo, Tierney, and Ward. I think you know. I think we kind of talked about that as a line at some point, or maybe had seen that as a line at some point. But it's really working out uh, for the Sharks, uh, at least these last two games. I mean. Marlowe's got goals in his last two games. Joel Ward has two multi-point games in a row for the first time all year. Um, good to see him rounding into form because, you know, they there was a lot of concern about his play. I think he was just – I think he was pretty unlucky for the first uh, first part of the year, as most of the players on the Sharks were. And then, you know, Bodker played on the fourth line. I thought that fourth line was, was pretty effective together. Um, they, looked, they looked really good. Don't know how much of that was quality of opponent and how much of that was – you know, the three of them, but you certainly could see why he'd put Bodker there and how, how he thinks that those three skills can mesh. Um, you know, they, they seem like they'd be a good fit together, Carlson, Bodker, and uh, and Wingle. So, yeah, good game. And, uh, you know, definitely not without its downsides. But um, – and then, of course, you know, Mirko Mueller scoring, having an assist, uh, arguably the best game I think I've seen him play as a pro um, still had some, you know, some moments where you're a little wary, 
but uh, he just, I think you can, he's talked a lot about his confidence and how he built confidence playing for the Barracuda. I think he, he looks a lot more confident uh, and even from game to game here with the Sharks. So, and that's, you know, it's good to, to see some signs of life in that uh, former first round pick. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, something I really liked about him. He made a couple really good plays uh, uh, in the offensive zone. So I've, I've really liked his offensive instincts. Um, and I mean that not so much in the, the, the goal, although that was an incredible shot. That was just a, an absolute laser beam, but uh, he's made a couple of really good decisions on when to pinch uh, and when to go in and chase pucks. And I like seeing that kind of confidence from a guy that hasn't gotten an extended look in the NHL since, you know, the uh, 2015 season. Uh, so this knowing that he has that in him is exciting. And that's actually something I want to see more from him in the defensive zone. I feel like he's been more timid defensively than he has been offensively. And I think that's probably because he feels like, you know, hey, I'm fast enough and I've got enough teammates with me that are good enough that I can take some chances in the offensive zone, whereas he's a little bit more wary to do so defensively. And I want to see him you know, not gamble in the defensive zone, but maybe be a little more confident in his ability to do that kind of stuff defensively. You know, I think we got to remember he's only 21 years old. The The guy is not a bust yet. Um, and, I, and I think that's something I've got to remind myself sometimes. Um, this is a guy that could still be a contributor for the Sharks. So I think that uh, it's been exciting to see him, even in this short stint, kind of grow into his position. And I think that it's exciting to... For me to see, you know, what maybe he can be going forward, um, whether it be here or maybe even somewhere else, depending on how the expansion draft goes. Um, uh, still, you know, he and not that I put really any stock at all in plus minus, but I know both uh, he was on the ice for a goal against Demello was on the ice for two goals against Demello. I think has really been the one that struggled more. Uh, Demello has now six penalty minutes in the last two games. I think he's looked pretty terrible at this point. Um, I at least think about DeMello being the guy that gets put in the press box over Mueller when uh, Vlasic comes back. I mean, I'm not saying it's what happens because that's such a small sample size. and I think that's at least a little unfair, but I, yeah, you, I, you at least have the discussion, right? At this point. The only thing I think that worries you, I mean, they, they love that left side, right side balance and where we really right. saw Mueller, Mueller struggle in his early part of his career was playing his off offside. Yep. Uh, I'm not really sure if he's playing that offside at all with the Barracuda, um, but he's been in a role where he's comfortable and he's, he's done well there. Now, if Schlemko comes back before, um, you know, if he comes back before uh, Vlasic, excuse me, then I think you could have that conversation because Schlemko can play either side. And if he's going to take DeMello's, he'd probably take one of DeMello or Mueller's spots. So if he could play either side, it, it, I think you then have to have that discussion. Of, you no, know, I think you know. I think he could play with Mirko Mueller. Is it possible though that uh, Brendan Dillon can play as offside? He's. I remember reading uh, the neutral wrote about this when Mew, when Dillon first came here. He also struggled, uh, has struggled in his career on his offside. Um, part of his decline in Dallas was that he was asked to play on his yeah. right side, and um, they're probably better off playing uh, Dylan Demello, even if Demello is having a little bit of a slump, it, playing them on their on hands than than trying yeah. something new offhand guy yeah you're probably be, right that, that, was before, that was before you know dylan's made the improvements he's made this year in his skating ability and um, sure and the steps he's taken this year so you know there that could be a fit um i'd probably feel if i was pete DeBoer, i'd probably feel more comfortable asking brendan dylan to slide to his offside than asking you know the yeah 30. 
Uh, yeah, the rookie. Yeah, or I mean, not a rookie, but yeah, the kid. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I think that's 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 a possibility for sure. Yeah, it's at least something to think about going forward. And at this point, I mean, you know, I think that you could say even if you send Mueller down when Vlasic comes back, you can say, hey, you had a good audition here, and you know, this was more of an injury call up type thing. Yeah, so send him back to the Barracuda, and you know, he can have the confidence knowing that that. He's not going back because he didn't play well. He's going back because that's just the way that this was always going to work. So, you know, I think that that's, that feels, it feels a lot better than it did last time that he was sent down, you know, so that's good news. I think another thing I wanted to talk about was the power play. They put Patrick Marlowe back on the top unit last night. I know they didn't score on the power play, but I thought it looked pretty darn good last night. Um, I know there's been some talk about, you know, more drastically mixing things up. Um, I still think that, you know, I, I know part of this is that without Tomas Hurdle, that it, it really is not like the complete package, but I still think that this is one of the best power plays in the NHL. They're generating the six most shots uh, per 60 minutes on the power play. I'm not opposed to putting Marlowe down to the second unit and bringing up either Kevin LeBanc or Timo Meyer. Uh, we have a poll on the site right now where you can rank uh, who you guys want on the top power play unit. So you can go there right now or whenever and do that yourself. But uh, what, do, what do you think, uh, uh, Marcus, about who should be playing on the top unit? I think they looked better uh, last night. Um, I, you know, I'm fine with Morrow. I think the puck's really just not going in. Um, I, think they're, I think they got their looks last night. I'm, I'd be curious to look at the scoring chance numbers and how they're doing compared to the rest of the league. Um, and I, I could probably look that up. Um, in a second here. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think when Hurdle comes back, I think it just kind of evens things out. It gives that second unit uh, more balance. Uh, I actually kind of like, and I tweeted this, uh, it's been necessitated by injuries, but I like that they've been going with four forwards on both units. Um, I think when Schlemko comes back, and if that means DeMello slides out of the lineup, uh, just have him quarterback that second unit. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure Vlasic what like is enjoying playing on the power play and wants to play on the power play, but um, I wonder if that would maybe be a little more effective having just the one quarterback up top and then having the four forwards. Um, it would allow a little more consistency. Now, if if DeBoer wants to change up the uh, the method of method of attack, um, you know, I can I can see that too. I can see him him wanting to have a couple defensemen. And I, I don't mind Diomelo and Schlemko together on the same power play because I think they have both. Oh, that's true. I think Similar they both have good instincts, that, yeah. But if Demello comes out of the lineup, um, you know, I, I'd be interested to see. And, I you know, I we've, we've talked about it a lot. I guess we're stands for it at this point. But uh, still surprised Chris Tierney hasn't gotten a longer look on the power play. And, frankly, I'm surprised Meyer hasn't gotten a longer look here yet. Um, so I think I think that – I think the where you're going to see the drastic changes would probably be on the second unit before the top unit because, I mean, the body of work of that top unit speaks for itself. Okay, so I've got a couple interesting stats for you. Uh, this is a minimum of about, I think it's like 20 minutes is what I had it set at. Um, who do you think has the most shots attempted for 60 minutes on the Sharks' power play? Thorn. No, it's not quite that crazy. Um Classic? No, it's not that. Cra- it's not. You're thinking too crazy. Um, Logan Couture, uh, David Schlumpko. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I should have thought Schlumpko. Yeah, uh, Brent Burns is number two, but David Schlumpko. So to me, the perfect here's here's my perfect power play. 
Um, the usual guys up top, as far as Pavelski, Thornton, Burns, Couture, you put LeBanc up there. Then on the second unit, you have Donskoy, uh, Marlowe, Bodker, and uh, uh, Meyer, and um, Schlemko. That would be perfect. Assuming everyone's healthy, obviously. I know who's, you can't do that. Who's on the second unit? Hurdle, Meyer, Marlowe, Bodker? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think that'd be good. I mean, I think. I mean, Meyer's going to go to Meyer and Hurdle are going to go to the dirty areas with that team. Right. Uh, Bodker could kind of play that Couture role of quasi working the point. Um, yeah, no, that I mean, I think I think they like having one righty on each unit um, to set up offside one timers, um, but uh, you know they actually really don't rely on that too much. So I think yeah, I think that could work. I mean, yeah, I mean, really like. They, that's just not the way they really use their power play all that often. They don't I, really they they prefer to be more mobile. And I, what I like about Bodker so much, and I and I, I know I see people complain about this a little bit because hockey fans are get very impatient. Is uh, I love that Bodker is willing to like take the puck and just kind of carry it around the zone, yeah, um, and kind of lull defenders out of position because that's what that does. Because if you can pull two defenders with you, guess what? That means somebody is somebody's out of position. And that means there's somebody open somewhere else. I think that's great. I think that's one of the best things that he does. Because if he can then fire the puck around the boards to an open guy at the point, that's an open shot. Yeah. So to me, and that's something that he might not even end up getting an assist on. You know, it might be totally, you know, for from his perspective, an unproductive play uh, that leads to a, a, at least a shot on goal. Uh-huh. You know? And I think that that's something that's valuable. So I know. I, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that that second unit's gonna look um, gonna look better when uh, when Trump comes back too. Um, he skated yesterday, so did Mark Edward Vlasic. They both got worked. Uh, with, Thank you, uh, God. So that was that was good to see. Um, did you I, like? I'm, I'm not openly standing there, just like tears no, 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 on no. your face. Would have, been, would have been unprofessional. So did um, you go back to your car and like? put like love hurts on the I just, car. I just played like, everybody hurts. Fruit you, yeah, everybody hurts and you put like your seat back and just everybody hurts. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 what happened there. <laughs> I wouldn't have blamed uh, you. It's fine. That's totally kosher. Yeah. Well that's what it's, Kevin Kurz did in fairness on the day that uh Mike Brown was traded the, to the Montreal Canadiens. A year ago today? No, no, no! I'm just saying that's what uh, that's what Kevin Kurz did the day Mike Brown was traded. He just went to his car and played uh, uh, love for, or everything. Oh no, no! A slight exaggeration. That's that's, that's... I I legitimately played everybody hurts. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna play it uh... very soon. <laughs> I um, hope they're getting so they... for this. Both come back um, this week. Uh, whether or not they make that Alberta trip, that's what I think ultimately remains to be seen. I think Vlasic had a guess for for the Oilers game because it sounded like he was pretty close to being back yesterday. Yeah, uh, he he I don't know sounded like both were pretty close. DeBoer Is that just right? An extra day. Okay. Um. So I mean, I I got a little peek yesterday. Schlemko was working a lot on skating drills. They set up two cones, and he was basically doing, you know. Just with, uh, I think it was with Bob Bugner. Just might have been Spot actually. I think it was Bugner. Um, just one touch passes while like figure eighting around the the cones basically. Uh, so just trying to work back on his skating. Um, but 
you know, I think, I think it was also too to test that upper body injury. Um, although I don't, I don't think it was a concussion. Uh, I'd be we really surprised. don't know what it was though, right? We're, we're calling it an upper body injury and that's the best we got. That's, that's what, that's what they're, that's what they're giving us. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what they've, that's what they've uh, told us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's preview that uh, Alberta road trip. We've got uh, Edmonton to the first half of that back-to-back and then going to Calgary. So probably, first of all, we'll see Aaron Dell. So let's talk about Martin Jones first. Um, he's had a pretty rough past 10 games, and I know it's very difficult to separate his play from the play of the defense, which has not been very good. But in particular, uh, uh, not the Minnesota game, although he was not good in that game. Uh, the game prior to that, right? It's what was the game prior to the Minnesota game? Oh my God, I'm just blanking here. Oh, I, I, um, I, I, I. oh no, so it was the Minnesota game. Okay, he was terrible in the Minnesota game. That yeah, uh, it just looked terrible. It was not a good game for Martin Jones. Yeah, um, played like trash. Uh, is a uh, save percentage of even strength the last ten games is like nine oh five or something, and uh, it's not it's not been good. After having a pretty good month of December, yeah, he just really struggled. Um, it just has not been a really consistent year for him. He's had a lot of peaks and valleys, really. And I and like I said, it's difficult to separate that from how his defense is played in front of him, which right now is not great, which is what happens when you lose two of your starting defenders, one of them being Mark Edward Vlasic. No shit. Um, so I'm not really reading too much into it. So this is not – so my next point is not related to my previous point, just to be clear. Um, I do expect Aaron Dell to get a game here. Uh, James Myrtle, uh, who's a really good Toronto-based writer, uh, did a post related more to Frederick Anderson about his workload. And uh, in that post wrote something that, to the effect that Martin Jones is projected to start 71 games this year, which is just uh, way too many. Um, in my opinion, anyway, that just seems no, like a really excessive number for a team that just doesn't need him to start that many games. Whether or not he can handle it or not is irrelevant because there's no point for him to start that many games in a division that is as terrible as the Pacific is. I mean, and he's also like, I think lost in the Martin Jones, whether or not he's capable thing is they have a capable backup behind him. I mean, at this point last right. year, Alex Stalock started more games than Aaron Dell has. Quite a few more, in fact. Uh, I think almost double, if not exactly double. Uh, definitely double, yeah. I looked this up earlier, and I will look it up again while you saw it for me. Yeah, and I think I'm looking at Martin Jones' career stats right now, and you know the most games he's ever started in a season, dating back to his junior career, and this isn't you – know, I don't know about his career in uh, – um, Pee-wee? In career in Pee-wee or even younger – Started the most games he ever started last year with 65 uh, games. Um, the most he'd started before then was 56 uh, for the Manchester Monarchs in the AHL. So I, you know, I, I think he can handle that load. But you know, as this Myrtle article touched on, and if you're not following James Myrtle on Twitter, you absolutely should. He writes for the Athletic in Toronto, which is a uh, paid access site, but they do have some free articles. Uh, one of which is the Frederick Anderson article that was written last night highly recommend reading it uh if you get a chance because a lot of what they're saying is applying to martin jones and those so three articles goalie, really, 
are what's going to apply more to uh, a national audience. Uh, the, those athletic sites, yes, exactly. if, if you live and follow one of their teams, I highly recommend paying and subscribing to it because their content's incredible. But uh, I don't think oh, there's they, one. I mean, there's not. There's not one Bay Area based as of right now. They so. have a. They have Chicago right now and Toronto, I believe. Right. Those are the only ones I'm aware of at the moment. So anyway. So, but yeah, no, they're um worth a follow. I mean, and you know, Jones is he's on pace to start 70 games. Um, and as Myrtle touched on, so few goalies really start that much anymore. Like, I mean, even think of the traditional workhorses. You think of Henrik Lundqvist. You think of you know 65 games. Yeah, they're maybe starting 70, but starting. I would say much more than 60 games. And I started 29 games, you know, the most he started in his career was 73. And that was, you know, seven years ago when John Tortorella was his coach. So um, since then, the most he started 68 the year after, but really since Vigneault took over the most games he started in a season for New York is 65. Um, it started 46 out of 48 games in a lockout shortened year. So I, I guess that's not the best example. But, I mean, if, if Henrik Lundqvist isn't playing 70 games, I'm not sure why Martin Jones should be. Uh, so thank you for stalling. Aaron Dallas started five games this year. At this time last year, Alex Stalock had started 10 games. Exactly. He's so literally exactly double. And I, that part of me wonders if the hesitation is because – Dell is inexperienced and because, you know, DeBoer really went in head first into starting Alex Stalock last year. And I think, you know, maybe he's wary of Dell because he got burned starting a guy, um, you know, who he'd, he'd gotten good reports about and had been told was going to be great. Um, and then wasn't very good. I mean, we, we could see Stalock's struggles coming. The Sharks thought very highly of him. Um, I mean – the, but the moment they got James Reimer, the, the moment year, they got James right. Reimer, his strategy was over. Right, but even the year, bef- the year before, James or uh, Alex Stalock had posted a 902. So it's not I like know. he was wandering in like, oh, we had posted a 930 last no, year. Where I know, but I mean, but if he's more getting, coming from. But if, I'm saying if he's getting organizational feedback, because last year. Right. But the organizational feedback on Aaron Dell should be that, hey, Aaron Dell posted like a 940 in the right. AHL last year. Hey, that's right. pretty freaking good. It's like, actually, I don't believe AHL stats unless right. I've been there and to that see could be, every single game. And that's that like literally how he talks. And it's like, okay. I think that could be part. I mean, he's cool. mentioned that his numbers in the AHL look good. I, I think it's more of a confidence in Jones thing than it is a lack of confidence in Dell thing. Um, because really, I mean, yes, it's a small sample size, but like you can't say you're not confident in Aaron Dell after how he's played in the games he's played. I mean, right, right. He just pitched a shutout against one of the better offensive teams in the National Hockey League. Like I think he's ready for, um, he's he's ready for more duty for sure. And I, I think he's gets- sitting there at the end of the bench in a baseball cap, wondering why his goateed father doesn't love him anymore. <laughs> What do um, I need to do for my dad's new from, dad to love me? And I can imagine he'll get one of these starts because he's from Alberta. Um, so he'll probably have family at, you know. Both. At one of these. Probably both. I'd imagine. Uh, he's from Airdrie, Alberta. Yeah. I'm, I'm I was going to leave you to uh, try to pronounce that one. Good for you. 
Airdrie. I'm going to Google it and see how far it is from Calgary and how far it is from Edmonton and then ascertain which game he'll start based on which one is farther, farther because, like you said, his goatee father hates him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, I did this uh, a couple weeks ago. Put a side-by-side photo of Eunice Donskoy and uh, Pete DeBoer. Do you think Eunice Donskoy is growing that beard thing because of Pete DeBoer to try to get more He had one before. Well, I'm just saying I think he's keeping it before. That's true. Maybe it could be modeling. Uh, Do you think they're related? Closer, live, grew up, was born closer to Calgary, half an hour. So he's a Flames fan. Yeah, probably a Flames fan. So he'll probably get. Ask him what he thinks about Toronto Bimba. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Maybe when they play, uh, when they play Colorado, when Matt Nieto comes back, we should, which we should talk about. He, uh, Matt Nieto, uh, we talked about you know, maybe 10 teams that could claim him. None of those teams that we talked about was the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> the very first him. team that could claim him. The very first team in the waiver order. Did we even uh, look at the waiver <laughs> order when we talked about this? Nope. What good research. Um, in fairness, our producer was totally useless. I'm looking at you, buddy. Yeah, this guy. Where were you? Come on, guys. <laughs> um, useless. The audience that's listening on iTunes in the future, Jake just held up a prop of a xenomorph. Is that the? Yeah, it was a xenomorph. Yeah, very good. Because there's all these different kinds of morphs now, with you know the prequels and the the graboids and the and the, and the, and the, and the Ridley the Ridley Scotts and the Michael Fassbenders. Right, um, right, and the YouTubes, whatever. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Matt Nieto claimed by the Colorado Avalanche. Um, no, probably not ideal for him and that they're not a playoff team, but absolutely ideal he's for him. He's going to get to play, he's, baby. He's going to get a huge opportunity to play. Um, I think it It probably – I think – and this is speculative on my part. Um, the fact that the first team in the waiver order claimed him probably reflects the interest he had around the league once he hit waivers. Um, the fact that he didn't last very long. and it's You know, it's not like when the when the St. Louis Blues – tried to sign Kyle Wellwood from uh, Europe and then the Sharks claimed him off waivers and they were like pretty high up the waiver wire order. Um, yeah. I liked Kyle Wellwood. That was not a, that was a great acquisition. Uh, that I, that I would argue was maybe Doug Wilson's savviest year acquisition wise, the trades he made. I was never a big Kyle Wellwood guy, but that was before I was, uh, you know, smart. So I was a big. Well, he, he was great. He was on the uh, the helicopter line with Tori Mitchell and Joe Pavelski. See, and I didn't like Tori. Didn't like Tori Mitchell because there was no there were no wings. It, right, right. They're all centers, and he he got Ian White that year. Uh, yeah, sure did. Former future Detroit Red Wing Ian White. Yeah, I, I really wanted them to re-sign him, but then they didn't. That was a. Uh, <laughs> Five years ago. Oh, good story. Good story, Marcus. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Love hurts. We know. So, so Matt Nieto uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, good spot for him. He'll get an opportunity to play. Um, and could be trade bait, maybe, at the deadline. I think that could – you don't think so? No. I, I think, to me, what it showed, the fact that he had enough interest to be claimed right away but couldn't get traded shows how – bad the trade market is this year because uh, people are because of uh because of the expansion draft the expansion draft is really going to nuke the trade deadline this year which i'm not complaining about because i hate this like hockey writer thing where we're like 
Yeah, the trade deadline was boring <laughs> this year. Why don't I have things to write about? Oh. And it's like, guys, that's not even like the actual game, you boring sacks of crap. That's not the game. Write about the game. Anyway, but I do think that we're going to see a lot fewer trades this year because of that. I think teams are timid to give up assets for guys that are just going to be picked up by, uh, by or could be picked up by Vegas. Now, I don't think Matt Nieto is the kind of guy that's going to be picked up by Vegas, but and GMs are in this yeah. league are so conservative uh, that you know that's going to be a factor, and I don't blame them. Yeah, no, so. and I, I think that I think that's the big thing too, and I think um, the the thing going forward, and you know, he played well last night, but you know, we look at the roster and we see the easiest way to clear cap is to. Uh, to get rid of Tommy Wingles. And uh, I would imagine the trade market is going to be even more limited for Wingles than it was for Nieto with that salary. Um, so I think you're looking at, you're looking at, um, and we could be proven wrong. Uh, Lord knows we have been before. Um, um, but I, I think they're going to need to go with another, it's going to be another waiver situation. Um it's going to be another waiver situation to get, you know, clear some cap space for sure. Yeah. And I think that's fine. I think for a guy like Tommy Wingles, you don't need to get anything back. The biggest thing to get rid of is the salary cap hit. So if they can get rid of the salary cap space, I don't care if they get anything assets back. And I think there were a lot yeah. of, there was some criticism of uh, Doug Wilson for not getting any assets back for Matt Nieto, which is amazing because I feel like people, did nothing but crap on Nieto while he was in San Jose. And I, I now yeah, these are, could, obvious, could obviously be different people, but now it's like, oh, Doug Wilson not, not maximizing the, the assets that he has on his team. And it's right. like, the dude was in the press box half the time he yeah. was here. And I, you know, the GMs aren't going to give anything up for him. What are you talking about? I think, and I think, too, you know, I think when push came to shove, and I, you know, I think that's, I think that's why people like, playing for him and they like Doug Wilson is, you know, that push came to shove. He couldn't find a deal. He's like, all right, we're going to bite the bullet and we'll wave him. Cause this is what's, you know, we're not just going to hang on to this. It's what's best for his career. Like this is, you know, right. we're, not, we're not just going to, you know, hang on to this guy, let him rot in the press box. And, um, you know, and it, it makes me wonder if, if, you know, DeMello hadn't kind of gotten that opportunity because of those injuries, would they have done the same thing? Uh, yeah. Would they have been pressed into know. doing the same thing for him? Um, but now he's playing a lot because, like, you know, I, Everyone's I was dead. saying all along, I'm like, there are going to be injuries and Dylan DeMello is going to play. Like, and I didn't expect the injuries to be this prevalent. Um, but, you know, I think it, it ended up being the right move. I mean, clearly the Sharks didn't value him enough to be in their top 12 forwards. And he wasn't a top 12 forward when Hurdle was coming back. So, um, nope. and, you know, I, I, I think it's partly true that he got pushed out by the LeBanks and the Myers. Uh, it, just in terms of numbers. It's a half. But I don't think those are the guys he was competing for a no, spot. No, it wasn't. No. I mean, that it's, a lie. It's, a, it's a lie is really what it is. He did not lose his spot to those yeah. guys. He lost his spot to yeah. Michael Haley. That's who he lost his spot to, or Tommy Wingles. Yeah. And that, I think, is unfair. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter because both of those guys are going to lose their spot to Tomas Hurdle and Danny O'Regan. And I think Matt Nieto should lose his spot to those guys anyway. Yeah. So I don't really yeah. care. Yeah. It's fine. I, I mean, I'm going to miss Nieto because I think that he uh, was a good player and I think that he was undervalued, but I also think that he'll be better off being an undervalued, good Tory Mitchell-y type player somewhere else. Yeah, so. no, I agree. He'll, he'll, uh, 
He's going to be somebody else's spark plug now. <laughs> what did you say? He's going to be somebody else's spark plug now. I know, yeah. That, that, was, that was a little – that was that was the worst part. Yeah, the long – but it'll be great when he comes back to uh, – and you had to love when, when on the broadcast on Thursday they talked about Nieto getting quaid. You had to love Randy Hahn throwing in the uh, – and as you know, Matt Nieto was from Long Beach. <laughs> Just gratuitously throwing it. Like, he knows. He knows. Man, I never got to make a Long Beach t-shirt either. Oh, man, yeah. Maybe I still could. Long Beach. Too bad they had to uh, contract the city. That was too bad. <laughs> Long Beach doesn't exist anymore. Gotcha. That's a, that is a damn shame. Uh, all right, so yeah, so the Sharks are going to play Edmonton and then Calgary. These are two you know important games, obviously Edmonton being probably the biggest factor right now in the playoff race. Um, I know Anaheim has kind of rebounded a little bit, but they're not a very good hockey team. Uh, whereas Edmonton is at least an, uh, a, they're good. I would say they're good now. Uh, yeah. Good, not great. Uh, and definitely an interesting team anyway. Uh, whereas Cal- Calgary is pretty bad. Uh, both of them are fun teams, though, and I like playing against them because I think they're good tests for the Sharks. Their speed poses a challenge that the Sharks need in order yeah. to get better. So I think regardless of whether they get Schlemko or Vlasic back, I think it'll be a good test for even if, uh, you know, Mueller and uh, uh, DeMello have to play against some of those guys, I think that it won't go great. But I, I do think that that will be a good test for them regardless. So I, I don't really care. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited. And I'm also excited to see the Oilers' new building. This will be our first time getting a chance to, to see that. So that should be pretty neat. Yeah. No, I think the uh, it's going to be a fun couple games on the uh... – yeah, Alberta road trip. I think, you know, both teams, like you said, the speed can challenge the Sharks, and that's really the biggest thing that they need to, to work with. And then, of course, the next game after Wednesday, Fear the Fin Night. Woo! Both Marcus and I will be there. Uh, and you should also be there. We got a link on our site if you still want to get tickets. Tickets are like, if you just want to go to the Sharks game, tickets are like 50 bucks after fees and all that crap. Uh, you can go to the Barracuda game also. To tack on the Barracuda game is only an extra five bucks, so I recommend you do it. It's a doubleheader. Uh, they're playing the Heat, which is the or, uh, Flames affiliate. Uh, the Heat are really good this year. So, you know, it's a couple of good games of hockey. Uh, I think the plan is that, uh, you know, I don't know, we'll probably meet up somewhere around the area to get a beer or something in between and hopefully eat something because I will probably be hungry. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll have more info as the day approaches i'll be uh in the we both will be i'm gonna pull marcus into duty so i don't have to do this by myself to do uh to give away some stickers and t-shirts and stuff during the sharks game intermissions so i'll have fear the finite t-shirts if you don't already have one not interact with people what what are you doing staying at the seats and not interacting with people no 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 you're gonna have to come out and meet and greet yeah uh yeah you're gonna have to come out and Hugs. You can uh, uh, come out, give Marcus a, a big, big wet hug. Uh, for every for every beer you buy me, you get to hug Marcus. Uh, yes, that's a great idea. Actually, hold on, we might be onto something here. Uh, so yeah, so that's coming up. That should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, do another podcast probably after next weekend once we get back if we get back alive. And yes. 
So you can also subscribe to us on iTunes if you are watching on the browser. That's by just searching Fear the Fin. Uh, follow us on Twitter, same username. Marcus is on Twitter at Marcus P. White. I'm on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom. And we'll probably do it, guys. Marcus, anything to add? Nope. See you guys next weekend. Okay. Love hurts, even in Long Beach. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.